Tom Izzo will have a new right-hand man for the first time in nearly two decades. Dwayne Stevens, a fixture on Michigan State's bench for the last 19 seasons, has accepted the head coaching position at Western Michigan. It leaves a massive void on Izzo's bench and on the recruiting trail. Why was the moment finally right for DJ, and where does Izzo look to replace him? We'll discuss that and the latest updates from spring football practice on episode 75 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. Matt, how's it going? Did you stay up and watch the national championship last night? Um, yeah, so I can do one of the grumpy old man complaints that the game didn't start till 920, which I think is ridiculous, but I also understand the money that's involved and there's a reason it's on TBS and you want to get as many eyeballs on it as possible with the time slot, but maybe not the network. Either way, whatever. Um, great tournament. Uh, good game. Kind of thought that North Carolina was going to was gonna take it and convincingly, but yeah, whatever. So, yeah, it was wild. It was a worthy final. I mean, I was a little down on the on the final four just because it's all blue bloods and I'm grumpy. And, you know, I, I just like to see new blood in there. But the Duke Carolina game certainly delivered. Um, and it was a worthy, worthy title game last night as well. Um, Kyle, I'm assuming you watched. How was your your week off? Well-deserved, I'm sure. Yes, well-deserved. Uh, back from Masters Week. Uh, we're a golf podcast now, right? So um, <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. back here for um, – and, and that's – Oh yeah, Matt. Matt's showing me his uh, badge. He had it handy. He's flexing. There. Um, He's see, flexing. That, see, that's the thing you don't have to worry. About. Like, there's no 9 p.m. tip-offs for golf. Another reason why golf's the best sport. So there you go. <laughs> that's true. And Kyle did a did a little story on our on our Masters guy there from Michigan State. How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Pyatt James Pyatt from Canton. Uh, 10:45 tea time tomorrow, and in a little group with a couple guys named Hideki Matsuyama and Justin Thomas. So. Never no, pre- no, no pressure there, young James, but it'll be a great experience. So if, you, if you're looking for somebody to root for, um, uh, at least Thursday, Friday, he's your guy. And, and I'm hoping he wears golfing Sparty again, because that was a big hit when he wore it last summer. I don't know if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, hoping golfing Sparty makes an appearance this week. Isn't it, isn't it tradition for them to put the Masters champion with the amateur champion? Is that yeah, why? That's yeah, happening? Hideki was a given, but throwing Justin Thomas in there was uh, – a little bit of a surprise amped it up and they're right. I think they're right after Tiger's group. So um, I'm sure there'll be, he'll have a few spectators nearby for him. No pressure, right? Right. Just yeah. Nice and easy. Go to Augusta, play with the defending champ and another big time player and have Tiger in a group right around you. Yeah. That should be walking the park. My there'll, God. Be, there'll be stragglers from, from Woods's group, you know, picking that up <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be fun, though. Just a little added intrigue for Michigan State fans, as if we didn't already need reasons to watch the Masters. Uh, just even more more of a reason to. That'll, that'll be a fun story to track for sure. And uh, here we are, Michigan State Golf making an appearance on the podcast. I, I wouldn't have put money on Michigan State Golf making an appearance before, you know, hockey or baseball or women's basketball or something like that. But, but here we are. When you get the U.S. Amateur champ, this is what you get. So, um, okay, moving on to to uh, to basketball. Uh, surprising news this week, Kyle, or maybe not so surprising, but Dwayne Stevens, Tom Izzo's right hand man, uh, you know, co- associate head coach, been been a fixture in the program for a long time since he since he joined from Marquette after Izzo's first few years, um, been a key part in recruiting and defensive X's and, X's and O's. Has worked with a lot of the big guys. Um, you know, we've seen him flirt with jobs in the past before, Kyle, uh, even this Western Michigan job during the, the early stages of the pandemic. Um, what do you think changed 
uh, this time around for him to for him to take the job. Were you surprised he left? I was a little bit because, as you say, he had um, he had been in the mix for some of these jobs, and Frank, like I don't know what he'd officially been offered or not offered, but I, I can tell you there's at least one or two mid-major jobs that he took himself out of the running for um, at some point and, and, and decided not to not to pursue or not to go all the way to pursue. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of thought that he was kind of holding out for something a little bit higher level than Western, no offense to my friends in West, at Western Michigan. Um, but, you know, and, and, and he, he could afford to do that. I mean, he, he got paid a very high salary at Michigan State, had about most job security you can have in college basketball. Um, and frankly, you know, I think a lot of people thought, uh, could have kind of waited there and, and been potentially, uh, the Israel successor, uh, whenever that happened. So I, I thought he had a lot of reasons to stay and I, I thought it was going to take kind of a bigger job than that to lure him away. But, um, you know, he, he decided that, you know, maybe he just was tired of being an assistant, wanted to be a head coach, you know, um, you know, I, I guess Western is making some, commitments to their basketball program as far as money you know maybe he feels like this is a place where you know they're making the commitment and, and he can go win there um or maybe you feel like he needed to have head coaching experience if he wanted to to one day be or maybe succession didn't play a role at all i don't know uh there's a number of reasons they could have but um if you'd have told me before this this offseason that stevens relief for western i would have been a little surprised because that's the type of job He's been very choosy about it, and, and he's been kind of hesitant to take that leap. Um, but for whatever reason, that something changed this time around, and he, and he decided to do it. Yeah, I didn't blame him for not jumping at it during the pandemic when, you know, Western's financial situation was in shambles and right. uh, they basically needed a bailout to, to keep the athletic program going. And, um, you know, it's just it was the pandemic. Like, who wants to up and root, uproot your your life during all that uncertainty. So it definitely makes more sense now to make the jump, but uh, you're right. He's been very choosy. I can't say I was surprised, but I mean, some people are just kind of like, like Dwayne Stevens because of Marcus Bingham's perceived uh, lack of development or Thomas Kithier's lack de- perceived lack of development has been getting more heat lately. I feel like from the fan base. And I never felt it was, was right because he's been huge for the program through the years, both in the recruiting trail and those defensive schemes in particular, working with, you know, front court players. Uh, I mean, like if you look at the players selected in the NBA draft, I mean, you're looking at Draymond Green, Adrian Payne, Brandon Dawson, Deontay Davis, Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson, Xavier Tillman. I mean, DJ was working closely with those front court players and that's invaluable uh, for this program, or at least it has been because that's the, those players sort of personify the identity of Michigan State's program, which is toughness, rebounding, uh, playing good D in the post. And that starts with DJ. Yeah, I, I I didn't see some of the stuff you had said about, you know, you know, holding, you know, Bingham or Kithier against him, whatever. Because that's, Well, people like it, to complain. You know, no, dude's been there 19 years and I think he's had more hits than misses, you know, as far as uh, big men. I mean, you, you just ran through the list. But, you know, I, I look mostly at guys like a, like a Tillman, you know, like. They did a good job with Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson showed up ready for the NBA and, and had a year and then went. Um, but I, I look more at guys like Draymond and Xavier Tillman or even like a Matt Costello, you know, guys who, who had multiple years and who really got better. You know, Kenny Goins um, really got better um, every year, the big men. Like that, that that's a lot of DJ. And yeah, the, and the fact that 
Michigan State is right up there in defensive efficiency um, year in, year out. Um, that's DJ, too. So it's um, he, he's the biggest loss they could have had as far as staff. Um, as you mentioned, he's the right-hand guy. Um, uh, he, he's doing all the subs in-game, which I know some people are probably um, glad to see that, um, the person changing that. But guess what? Tom Izzo still is going to decide um, how big their rotation is. So that's not going to change too much. But, um, yeah, uh, big in the recruiting, uh, it's going to be a loss. Uh, I think it's going to be a bigger loss than losing any of the other guys would have been. I think it's a bigger loss than losing five fours last year. Um, and it's kind of a – it's going to be a little bit of a crossroads here for Tom Izzo. What do you make of – you know, there was so much consistency in the program for so long – uh, especially on the bench. And, you know, now you've had this shuffling, like, like what, three years in a row now, Fife left last year, Dwayne left, and then he's, he had to bring in, you know, he elevated Wojcik right to a bench role. I mean, what do you make of all the shuffling? Is this just sort of Michigan State catching up with the rest of college basketball? Yeah, I, I was going to use the phrase catching up, because that's what it is. I mean, nobody <laughs> has the type of consistency they had before all of this. And, like, if if they were firing dudes or guys were leaving for a very similar or lesser job, which I guess Dane did, but I I, I – I, I think there was reasons he did that, although it didn't, hasn't, didn't work out for him great. Um, <laughs> um, you know, one guy's leaving to be a head coaching job. I mean, Mike Garland, I think it was pretty clear for the last couple of years, was going to kind of transition um, into a different role, and he did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is this is just the way it is in college basketball. And then uh, they're not going to have a run of consistency like they did before, but they're still – they're still more consistent than most. Uh, I'll tell you that. I mean, there's programs out there, you know, that are replacing multiple staffers every single year. Um, shoot. Didn't Illinois lose like a whole staff last year, basically. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing out of the ordinary to be alarmed about this. Um, and then in terms of, you know, looking forward, I mean, and Matt, you can chime in here if you have thoughts anytime, but I mean, oh, like, I, I have some thoughts. Um, I would just like to say that when I was in sixth grade, I knew you were my, tell the story. my basketball coach somehow knew all the guys in Michigan state and uh, Dwayne Stevens came into one of our uh, games and uh, one of the mothers of one of our, of my teammates uh, decided to corner him in the hallway and give and make him give a, a breakdown of our pathetic sixth grade basketball team, very undersized <laughs> and, uh, uh, Dwayne was a good sport about it then. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I, w- I will you say. You can't well, chop it off there. Where's the, what's the scouting report here? What did he say on? What did he say about your game? You know. Oh, he wasn't asked specifically about me. You know, uh, that's <laughs> no. that's high level, uh, high level evaluation, and uh, he he needed more film study in order to break down my game at that point in time. <laughs> high motor guy, he said. Yeah. <laughs> I I did want to throw in just before we move on to you know who replaces him. Um, I I don't feel like. <laughs> DJ wasn't um, like he wasn't a big personality guy, you know, maybe like Dane or some other assistants. Um, so I don't feel like he, I don't know. Um, people knew him, but I don't feel like he was like, as, I don't know, kind of like a bigger well-known name just because he was more reserved and he worked under Tom Izzo who cast a very long shadow. So I, I feel like from a, like publicly, you know, he, people didn't, I, I feel like he wasn't talked about that much. You know, he wasn't some big name hotshot assistant, but I can tell you within the program, um, very well respected. Um, like I remember, was it a year or two ago? Somebody was talking about the Israel succession, and they didn't. They put a list together, completely not informed, and didn't put DJ on it. And Draymond went on Twitter immediately and just started <laughs> trashing it um, and going on like it, it's got to be like like he was really riding for DJ. And and I think a lot of former players would feel the same way. So um, I'll be interested to see how he does as a head coach because. 
Um, you know, I don't see him as a natural as far as, you know, being kind of like the face like time is always, but I think he can grow into that. And I think from a basketball perspective, um, you know, I think he's got it all as far as, you know, coaching jobs. Yeah. And Draymond Green was, was quoted, uh, Western Michigan got a quote from him and in, in their release, uh, oh, talking about that. DJ. Okay. So, um, I mean, obviously just singing his praises, talking about how he was influential in developing his game from, you know, a pudgy kid from Saginaw into an NBA all-star. Um, I, I think one thing that, you know, could be overlooked a little bit is just, I mean, is just that, that, um, sort of security blanket that Dwayne Stevens has provided Tom Izzo yeah. through the years, you know, like you mentioned, he's not like a super boisterous outgoing guy, but if you watch Michigan state basketball, you look on the bench, you see big Dwayne Stevens there, uh, just, just console, you know, just being there for Izzo. when Izzo only has a thought he'll lean over, talk to him or bounce something off him. Um, he's sort of just like the security blanket. And I wonder, um, you know, in this ever changing environment of college basketball, where NIL is happening and the one time transfers, we've got over like a thousand players in the transfer portal already. And the season's been over for a day. And, you know, just the changing environment and how things are always different structure, kids are different, social media is crazy. Just losing another thing that Tom Izzo is comfortable with, or just another thing that he's always gone with. I just wonder how that affects him whether that speeds up his timetable uh, to retire or, you know, just losing, uh, you know, just another comfort uh, that's been there. And then it's just another change that he has to deal with. I, I don't know. Uh, they, they've worked so closely together for so long. I just wonder how that affects Izzo. Yeah. And, and that's where the new hire is going to come into me too, because he, he has been pretty comfortable with his staff for a while because he's known him forever. And, you know, he and DJ work really well together and, if whoever they hire next, if the staff, you know, if it's not as good a situation, he's not as comfortable with it, then yeah, I think that's definitely true. So that's why I think this is a pretty important hire from, for him. And Izzo said as much, I think I read in, in Graham's article, uh, he, he said as much, this is a super important hire for me. He alluded to the fact at, the fact at looking younger, looking for someone, not young, young, but maybe someone younger who's more open to transfers and NIL and more in tune with the changing dynamics uh, among college athletes these days. Um, so, I mean, there's names being floated out there, Kyle. Tom Crean has come up, obviously a former assistant, close ties to Izzo. Um, obviously Drew Valentine's name was floated. I thought that was ridiculous. He's not going to leave a head coaching position for an, ass- I don't think so. Maybe you would agree, disagree with me. Uh, he, I don't see him. 0.0 chance to Drew Valentine. <laughs> Unless they like gave him like a huge raise and promised him that he's the coach in waiting or something. There's no, I see no way that that's having the dude is coached one year in college uh, it's, basketball. It's, it's not um, happening. We can move on. <laughs> maybe there's some other names though that you're, that you were so I, I did have a list, you know, those couple that you had, um, you know, I, I thought Laval Jordan was interesting. You know, if he, you know, gets back into a system, I know he coached at Michigan and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. He's a guy who's from the state who is coached at a high level in the big 10 and been a head coach. Um, so I had those names, but I was going to read the quote from the Lansing state journal, Graham couches column, because I, yeah, I found it sure. very interesting. Um, this is Izzo speaking uh, yesterday. Um, I'm going to try to get someone who is, I wouldn't say young, young, has some experience, but has some vigor, some energy. Um, and then later on, I think it's someone that's got to have an understanding of this new world that we're in as far as the transfer portal and NIL and relationships with kids is going to be probably more important than ever right now. So 
I, I think that's music to a lot of Michigan State fans' ears, and in the direction I think a lot of people wanted him to go last year when he brought in Mark Montgomery, who you know, a uh, good coach, but not in that you know mold that he's talking about right now. And um, like I, I think he's right. I mean, you there's value in guys like Mark Montgomery and Doug Wojcik, but. You've got three spots, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense to use some, one of them on somebody who, like Israel said, connects with the players closer than them in age, understands this new world, um, which, you know, you know, Tommy's over 60, whatever. Like, he's not going to be your NIL guru. Like, you need somebody else um, who's going to be that, who's going to be more up on the transfer portal, who who is just more connected uh, with these kids, um, uh, you know, generationally. So, like, like my bet is like, I, I hesitate to even throw names out there because I think it's going to be somebody off the board after reading that quote, you know, like I, I don't see anybody really in like in the family that fits that mold really well. Like, like maybe Tum Tum is yeah, like the I thought only Tum Tum. one. Yeah. Um, and I, and I kind of threw him around last year, last time around uh, year for the same reasons. Um, so maybe, but you know, Israel's also quoted said, I'm going to talk to some coaches around. So I, I got the sense that, um, he's he's finally going to go outside the family, which he really has not historically done. Um, and, and he's recognizing that need now. So um, I'm betting that it's somebody that's, you know, an assistant somewhere now um, who's younger, um, who has a good reputation, probably a good recruiter, who, who has good relationships with people. Oh, you know, the other one, um, um, I'm just thinking of it now. God, I'm going to blank on his name. The kid who went to Northern Arizona. Um Chris Fowler. Yes. Chris Fowler. Um, he would, he would, Chris yeah, Chris Fowler. You're right. Um, played it, at Central, ESPN's right? Chris Fowler. yeah, played at central, uh, very well thought of Michigan state GA Bennett Bennett, um, Northern Arizona. He's the only other guy I can think of. And I'm probably forgetting somebody that would fit that bill. Um, he's having two years in the Northern Arizona. So anyway, um, I think it's interesting. And I think, um, I think a lot of Michigan state fans will welcome if, if Tom is or does indeed, uh, go in that direction. I mean, that was the first thing I tweeted out, Kyle, when I saw the Dwayne Stevens news is it can't be another retread. You got to You got to be like looking elsewhere because I, I don't know, like we had the recruiting conversation a couple ep- episodes ago, Kyle. And I don't know if it's fair to say that it's like recruiting has been down, but it feels like it's fallen off a little bit. And I, I don't know that something has to happen where just just life is rejuvenated back into the program. I mean, I still think Michigan State's very well thought of. They're reportedly getting a visit from Jalen Bridges, the West Virginia transfer. Um, so, I mean, I think guys still think of Michigan State as a high-level program to play in. But, I don't know, it just seems like they haven't been going after the top guys or or really getting these impact huge recruits out of high school that are, that are impact guys right away. I think they get good players. I think the freshmen that they had now could develop into really good players. But, I don't know, just something to bring new life. Sort of the same way we saw, you know, Mel Tucker's staff breathe new life into the football program. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they should consult with Mel Tucker on using NI on the transfer portal, Matt. Well, I mean, I think Mel's talk, they, they both talked about how they speak frequently and you talk or text just about every day. So, I, I mean, I'm sure if, if Tom's looking for a little advice in that direction and those, some of these emerging markets that Mel is clearly embracing um, in a pragmatic way, because it's there, everybody else is going to take advantage of it. If you're not, you're just basically falling behind. So uh I'm sure Mel could give him some advice in, in which way to go. Maybe not specific to a coach, but uh, a theme. 
Yeah. And the fact that Izzo even brought up NIL, um, I found to be notable because I, I can tell you when it, um, <laughs> when NIL launched, his, his attitude was this is something that's going to distract players, you know, um, from, from doing what they need to do in schoolwork and, um, and academics. And, I, and I'm sure he still feels that way to an extent, but um, it seems to be he's more that tells me he's a little bit more accepting of it. If he's talking about bringing in an assistant who can do NIL. Um, and um, I mean, and that, that's just living in reality to me. Um, you can feel however you want to about it. And he, and he had the same, um, it's the same thing with a portal, you know, he wishes the portal didn't exist, but um, it, it's the reality that he's living in and they'll, well, probably going to go get someone for the portal. Although there've been a lot of names in there and not a lot of uh, Michigan state contact that I've seen. So, um, but in theory, you think they're, they're going in the portal again. Well, if Mel has, if, if Tom had a problem with NIL, you know who you have to call to complain. It's call his buddy Matt, and because <laughs> Ishvi is the one who's dishing out money to the players just to tweet about or you know just social media messages about uh, United Wholesale Mortgage. Yeah, that's pretty low maintenance. Uh, that's a pretty low maintenance contract for them. Exactly. I've, I've, I've thought about like copy pasting. Like like if I tweet that, like will money show up in my checking account? I'm, I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> like an auto deposit you <laughs> yeah know, when it went right when you send it it just comes right in your drink it's mm-hmm. like some sort of yeah, trigger yeah i like that um but i mean i i think i mean tom is right to have some concerns i think all of us as people who enjoy and cover and care about college sports you know probably have some concerns about you know nil and how this could spiral out of control we've already seen some stories where things are going poorly or players are being promised things and then just up and leaving and i mean it is kind of a, a you know a scary new world we're in because it feels really like the wild west so i mean i think tom's right to have those concerns but the reality is like you said kyle it's here to stay so you've got to learn how to harness it and getting a new young coach uh with maybe a, a more understanding and more open-mindedness to it can't hurt so i think he's right in going along uh with that thinking and michigan state fans yeah i can definitely concur that when we heard that or when i saw that uh report in graham's story um i was fired up because that's music to our ears. I mean, I was just worried he was going to be stubborn about it, go back to the well. Not that the well hasn't worked, but um, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's at least open to um, thinking uh, more outside the box than he usually is. Yeah, and, and, and you can afford to do that. Like when you're, you still got Mike Garland on staff and you've got Doug Wojcik and Mark Montgomery, like those are, you know, guys with loads and loads of experience so like like any any deficiency that some younger coach might have as far as game planning or scouting or any of that stuff like you can afford that um and that's Mm -hmm. the position they're in so they they, you know that's why that works cool anything else on this or should we move on to some spring football notes football yeah that's all i got okay cool um so matt you just talked to several players and coaches once again spring football care uh carries on uh, per usual this time of year. Um, but you got to talk to some guys who you didn't, who, who you haven't talked to before. We talked to wide receivers coach Courtney Hawkins. So I'm um, just kind of giving, give me some takeaways from it. I know that, um, you know, it's always interesting when you get to talk to players that you haven't before. Yeah. Kyle was there this morning too. Um, so yeah, Courtney Hawkins, obviously everybody knows he's the wide receivers coach and, and the, you know, he obviously likes the outlook for the room. Um, you get, you know, I know Jalen Naylor left for the NFL, but, but Jaden Reed coming back, Trey Mosley coming back after a solid year and all this promising young depth um, 
you know, it, you know, the, the, the line that keeps getting repeated is, you know, nobody's got a starting spot. Well, Jaden Reed's obviously going to be a starter. Um, and Courtney said he thinks he's as good as any receiver in the country. Uh, after that, you know, Mosley, we saw what he did last year. He could be in line for even, you know, more production. And then after that, it's really a third spot that's kind of open. Um, you know, there's some names that get thrown around there, whether it's Montori Foster or Keon Coleman or, you know, you know, Terry Lockett or, you know, I can run off a bunch of names. Jeremy Bernard, you know, will be the new guy in the room. But uh, what Kyle and I, I think, both agree with on interesting was when yeah, there were a lot of Keon Coleman questions today. Um, and and uh, Courtney Hawkins just said multiple times at some point he's going to have to pick, you know, basically. You, you can't do both sports forever. And, and, you know, Hawkins knows what it takes. You know, he played in the NFL, um, very well-respected guy. And, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting as far as, you know, just being an honest assessment of what he's going to have to do if he wants to play at the next level. And uh, after that, uh, let's see, we got to, um, oh God, am I playing? Harlan Barnett. Keon Coleman, right? Yeah. Well, we, uh, yeah. We talked to Keon. We might as well stay on the wide receiver theme since we're on it. And, and you know, basically he, you know, he knew he was going to have to make an adjustment getting here. He went to, you know, he went to a small school in Louisiana, basically the smallest division I think it was, but he was pleased with his progress in year one. He sees the opportunity for himself to, you know, take over an even larger role with, with Naylor off of the NFL. And, you know, when asked about basketball, he basically said, you know, this is, you know, this was his plan and, and, you know, ideally he's going to see how the fall goes, but um, if he's back for another season for basketball, that's fine with him. I Keon Coleman gets the hype train, you know, like you, you mentioned who's going to jump on that third receiver spot. I guess Keon Coleman would be my betting money right now to do it because we saw him at the end of the year uh, on the field, making plays, you know, caught that touchdown against Ohio state. It was basically the only highlight of the entire day, but uh, I mean, he has the body. He seems to have the skills to do it. And um, I mean, if you have, do you know if they're, cause Mosley was mostly playing more inside last year, wasn't he? So, I mean, or were well, they moving him around? I mean, I mean, they've they've think... talked all the time about how these guys learn how to play all three spots. So, you know, I think it, you know, nobody has, I mean, when you look at their guys, like, so Reed's what six foot, Mosley's what six two, Coleman's six four. And what right. um what uh Courtney was talking about was how he thinks he plays like a five eleven guy. Isn't that what he said earlier, Kyle? I mean he just thinks he has the you know, he's got that size, but also has that, you know, the shiftiness and the ability to to play a little more fluid than maybe some, you know, six foot <laughs> five guy, six six guy out there on the edge. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking that maybe like Mosley plays maybe the same role that he was playing last year and Coleman slides into the nailer spot. But, um, you know, I guess we'll find out. We don't we haven't we've only seen bits and pieces. Um, and then, yeah, Harlan Barnett, you talked to some defensive guys, too. Yeah. So Harlan said that, um, you know, when you look at the the corner room, really in particular, because so they return all five starters from from last year. And he said he thought that they came back with a sense of motivation because they all knew what happened last year, you know, with all the yards given up. And he thinks that, you know, well, they have something to prove in the fall. I know it's old cliche and all that, but um, particularly at cornerback, you know, when, when you look at the, they have bring back four guys who start at least one game last year, and then you bring in a mere speed, and then you've got two corner early enrollees and you got corners coming back from last year who didn't even get on the field. There's just so much, there's so many bodies there and so much competition. And, and Harlan was talking about comparing it to last year in the spring where they basically practice with four corners 
three walk-ons and a and a safety move over to court. So it, it's just a complete opposite situation this spring. Um, but competition's really good. And, you know, with a guy like Ronald Williams and Amir Speed, he, he doesn't think he's ever coached two guys with that much length at, at corner. And, and as far as just the kind of the staff overall, you know, with Mel moving over to take corners himself, um, Harlan said this was like what Nick Saban preferred to do, where, you know, you have a secondary coach, kind of working more with most of the safeties. And then, you know, your head coach comes in and, and works directly with the cornerback. So, I mean, if it works for Nick Saban. <laughs> Has it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think seven national uh, championships, right? Isn't that, isn't that yeah. what the total is? So, yeah, Ugh, I think it I've lost I think, count, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's hard when you think about it. You're like, all right, so I know it was one at LSU. And, my God, how many is it at Alabama? So yeah. it's like every other year or maybe, you know, pretty, at least pretty much. Um, and let's but, see, we can move, move on to uh, what Malik Carr. Cause we, you know, he's a guy that we should talk about. It was uh, perfect for Kyle today. Cause it was two of three guys for basketball players. So he's seen even more of them this winter than a lot more of them this winter than I have. But um, yeah, Malik was, you know, it's the first time we've got to talk to him since he arrived here. Um, and as far as transferring from Purdue, he just said, oh, look, I always wanted to play both sports in college. There was a promise that wasn't kept, no hard feelings, but, you know, I'm here. And, you know, really the progression, he said he always, he knew he wanted to progress, make the switch from wide receiver to tight end. But he also said he needed, he thought he needed a year kind of making the transition and learning how to run routes because he wasn't well-versed in that coming out of high school. Um, You know, he obviously got on the field a little bit at Purdue his first year. He makes the switch to tight end after transferring to Michigan State. You know, he was behind because he had offseason surgery. But then, I mean, you guys all saw what he was able to do late in the season. I mean, the the level of production wasn't huge, but some of the plays where he watched what he was able to do, you're like, damn, there's there's something there with this guy. You know, the with the Purdue catch, there was the one in the bowl game where, you know, just the ability to, you know, a combination of, of size and, and little speed for the position and, and breaking tackles. Um, really, it, the potential is there, and he didn't – he didn't sugarcoat it. He was asked what, you know, his plan is as far as basketball. And he said, ideally I have a big season in the fall and I'm off for the NFL draft. If I did don't you guys ask him, did you guys ask him about Daniel Barker coming in? No, but I mean, he, I asked him overall about the position, you know, I mean, you get Tyler Hunt coming back and him and, and I mean, more or less, but you know, he, he sees it as an opportunity for them to step up and, and take over a bigger role. Uh, I didn't mention Barker specifically by name, but obviously that's a guy who, who should be uh, firmly in the mix this fall as a you know grad transfer with a ton of ton of production over four seasons at Illinois. You need more than one tight end, anyways, whether it's blocking yeah. or or yeah. you know auxiliary pass catching. I don't know if we need to be like you know going full Utah or full Jim Harbaugh putting like four tight ends out there. Uh, but uh, you know you need depth at every position. So I mean that's clearly why they went and addressed uh, the tight end position. I think Barker's the highest rated transfer according to 247 sports transfer ratings um, that Michigan State's getting. So you would think a, a solid one-two punch there with Barker and Carr. Um, you know, you kind of have the upside young play with with Carr and sort of the established veteran with Barker. Should be a solid combination. And then Hunt providing depth. Everyone's favorite punter turn tight end. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else? Sir, Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the football, which you heard today that Matt hasn't touched on? Uh, yeah, I have another punter note. Uh, Bryce Berenger is James Pyatt's roommate and will be at the Masters this week. I uh, learned, wow. learned that Learned that. Learned that last week. So that, is he that, caddy? Tie, that ties it all together for you. No, he, his caddy is uh, Michigan State's assistant golf coach. 
don't know his oh. name off the top of my head. Would you? Um, that'd be fun to ask for an excuse out of practice. Like, um, can I go to the Masters with my roommate? So, <laughs> like, so okay, sure. well, Mel is a pretty big golf guy, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I bet you that was not a tough, uh, tough note to get signed from uh, from Mel Tucker. No, and I mean, let's be honest. The specialists aren't in there. To, you know, their their role in practice is a little different than, say, you know, if you're one of seven offensive linemen that is healthy enough to uh, to get on the field. That's a bit of a different situation. Um, but uh, no, I mean, that's cool. That's a, I'm sure it'll be a great experience for him. Um, Mel's also- just trying to work in a little recruiting trip down to Georgia and just swing by Augusta real quick. You know, I'm recruiting. I'm recruiting. I'm, he says. I'm pretty sure if Mel wanted tickets to the Masters, he can make that happen. I, well, I think that's. Be I wonder. Does he-, he have enough money for that? Or I think so. There is a – nobody has told me who this person is because everything at Augusta is so secretive. But there is a Michigan State alum who is a member there. Um, and that's how um, – that's how Izzo's played there, Hollis, Antonio, like all the Michigan State big weeks. And, and like Hollis mentioned me at one point, he's like, yeah, there's a guy down there who gets us on. It's all coy about it. And then uh, we're talking to Pyatt last week. And, you know, they get practice rounds if you're in the field. And he said, but, you know, I got a couple extra rounds because there's a – former Michigan state guy who's a member there who got me on. So um, uh, everything's all secretive, but uh, yeah, if we can find out who that is and get an in, um, maybe, well, maybe, Kyle, maybe we're going to force him going out there. You're the Michigan state uh, beat golf beat reporter here in the off season. So maybe, that, you know, you could do some digging maybe. This know? might be my off season project now. Um, <laughs> yeah. so find out who the money <laughs> man at Augusta is. If you're trying to get the public, uh, public list of the members at Augusta national, good luck. <laughs> that is um yeah they they treat that stuff pretty uh secretive um yeah um i i want to ask yes i once asked hollis um just how like i knew he had played recently i'm like how was it he's like well i can't tell you that <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't even give you a review of the no we're not we're not we're not even oh, that's give, ridiculous give I mean, if, if, I, is, if I ever get to play there, I will be telling everybody about it for the rest of my life. So don't yeah. worry about that if I get on. Matt doesn't yeah. know anything about that, you know. No, <laughs> I mean, I. Well, if you cover, I don't know if they still do this, but there was um, apparently, if you this is years ago, if you covered the tournament, your name got entered into a pool, and they selected X number of of media members to play the day after. And I remember as this writer for Sports Illustrated who wrote like this first person account. And he covered it and, but he didn't, he didn't play golf. He never played golf in his life and he got picked and he wasn't going to play. And everybody's like, are you crazy? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Get up. I mean, I've walked the course. It is absolutely amazing. I would shoot 10 billion out there and, and 10 putt every green, but um, yeah. I have a great time doing it. Oh yeah. yeah. I <laughs> smile on my face the whole time while I lose a hundred balls. And, and oh yeah, it is right. um, magic. All right. Well, there's the uh, latest on Michigan State basketball, Michigan State football, and Michigan State golf. And also the, there's a secret Michigan State mole down in uh, Augusta National who Kyle will spend the next three months trying to track down. We'll report back on that. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode of Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Uh, like I said, as we get uh, here into spring football and especially after spring football, I imagine shows will be a little bit more sporadic in the summer. Um, but obviously we have breaking news. Players could always transfer. Players could always, you know, recruits could always come. As we've seen, coaches can leave. I mean, it's crazy these days. You never know. Like, news could have broke while we were on this podcast. You never know. Uh, Rumors are constantly swirling. So uh, we'll stay on top of it, even though uh, the 
the teams aren't actually on the field in competitive games. Um, that's what we do around here. We try and be comprehensive 24 hours, 24 seven, 365 days a year covering Michigan state athletics. Um, drop us a line. If you have any questions, check out our work at MLive.com slash Spartans and uh, rate and review the podcast if you can, but that's going to do it for today's episode. So for Matt Wendell, Kyle Austin, I'm Brandon champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLive Spartan Confidential podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Go green.